Hi everyone, welcome to All Things Iceland. This is Jules, a native New Yorker that moved to Iceland in 2016. After falling in love with the country, I started the All Things Iceland podcast and social media channels in 2018 to share with travelers and others who are interested in Iceland about the country's fascinating history, culture, nature, language, and travel. Sharing insights, travel recommendations, folklore, interviews, and so much more have helped thousands to become more familiar with Iceland and have epic adventure. Iceland is the land of fire and ice, and it offers a myriad of awesome routes for tourists to explore attractions. But honestly, none of the routes are as well known as the Golden Circle. And that's mainly because the Golden Circle is a catchy name. Good job with the marketing of whoever came up with that. And the fact that it's a very easy route. So this is popular for people because it's easily accessible from Reykjavik. The roads are all paved and it includes a lot of raw beauty as well as geological marvels of Iceland. And on top of that, there's some history mixed in, which is pretty fun. So in this guide, I take you through the classic stops of the Golden Circle, such as Thingvetlir National Park, Geysir Hot Spring, and Gullfoss Waterfall. And then I also share insights on additional stops where you can transform your journey into an unforgettable adventure so that you can have memories that last for a lifetime. Just as a tip, though, if you were only to do the three main stops, so the ones I just mentioned, as a round-trip adventure that started and ended in Reykjavik, it would be about three hours and 27 minutes of driving without traffic, of course. <laughs> so take that into account especially if you're going to come in the summertime. And that's 233 kilometers or 145 miles, according to Google Maps. So before I jump in, though, to talking about the three main places and additional stops you can make, I have been sharing in previous episodes about the fact that I have a form in which my listeners and followers can submit questions for me for my Ask Jewels about Iceland podcast episodes that I'm planning to do. And so there will be a link in the description of this episode on allthingsiceland.com forward slash Iceland Golden Circle. Or if you go to the any page on my website, there's a top navigation and in the about me section, if you that's a pull down. Once you click it, you'll also see a link where you can submit your question. It's a super simple form where it only asks for your first name and your question as a required input. And I will create a separate podcast episode to answer the questions submitted. It's basically an Ask Me Anything segment that I decided to start this year in 2024. So feel free to ask me anything you want about Iceland, whether it's my experience, whether it's about the adventures you can go on, culture, history, language, nature, people, any of that is totally fine. And I look forward to reading your questions as well as answering them in a future podcast episode. So the first stop where history is such an important part of this area, as well as the geology there, and that is Thingvetlir National Park, which is a UNESCO World Heritage Site, and it's in the west, you know, part of the country. And this isn't just a place of outstanding natural beauty. It's really a cornerstone of Icelandic culture and history. So the most important thing that happened here, which is monumental, is that Althinki, which is Icelandic parliament and is the oldest functioning parliament in the world, was established 
in this, what is a national park, but I think Vetler in 930 AD. So as you walk through the park, you're literally strolling not only through between continents, because this is where the North American and Eurasian tectonic plates meet, but you're also strolling through an amazing historical site. There's even the Law Rock or Lögberg. And even though it's not exactly known where this rock is now, they have an idea of the spot. And so you can, and it's actually, they built like this little seating area and boardwalk there. So it's around that place where the lawmaker who was in charge at that time, who had been selected, would stand and hear people who would come with disputes, they'd make new laws, and overall have a big party because all the chieftains from around the country were meeting here you know, and it was a long journey. So they're setting up camp, partying, and of course, then making laws for the people of their areas. This is a really rugged landscape and it's absolutely awe-inspiring. And in part of the park is the gorgeous Oxalfoss waterfall. So you can easily walk there, whether you've parked at the parking lot for that waterfall or at the main parking lot. But there's also an option to drive, like I mentioned, different points. Please know that you are expected to pay for parking at the main parking lot, which is where the information center is located. If you do not pay, you will likely get a fine that your rental car will bill you for. And normally, if that's the case, they charge you a little extra for them having to do the billing and all that other jazz. So just pay the parking. It's much less expensive. And also, you don't have to worry about the hassle later. If the idea of snorkeling or diving between continents appeals to you, then the Silfra Fisher is definitely one that you want to check out. It's become known for its crystal clear waters. And like I mentioned, you can snorkel or, or dive there. I've snorkeled there in December. While the dry suit, just from person's the dry suit keeps you nice and warm because the idea is that the suit is using your body temperature when it interacts with the water to heat up the water when it comes in contact with your skin. So you don't feel cold. It's more like when you get out of Silfra and you have to take off the dry suit, that it does feel a bit chilly if it's a especially windy day, but it really isn't that bad in terms of the taking it off. It's a fun experience. There are no fish in the water, but it's super clear, like I mentioned, and it seems like because it's so clear, you can see so far down, that you can just like easily dive down there and get to the bottom quickly, but that is not the case. So just keep that in mind, especially if you're snorkeling and you want to just like sort of take a dive down, it's pretty far, but it's also beautiful. Uh, On top of that, I ended up getting some of the water in my mouth because like my snorkel moved a little bit and it was delicious. (laughs) It's a weird thing to say that snorkeling would also mean you can end up getting a refreshing drink of water, but that's what happened. So if you end up feeling like, you know, you're not the best at snorkeling, the worst that can happen is you you get a nice drink of water as you're (laughs) going through this experience. Next up as one of the main stops, Geyser Hot Spring, this geothermal marvel that's shooting up boiling hot water in the air. Honestly, it's called Geyser, but the hot spring that's shooting up the hot water is actually Strohker, and that erupts around every 8 to 10 minutes. And literally, it's a column of hot water that shoots up around 30 meters in the air. And of course, this gives you an idea about Iceland's volcanic activity that is happening underneath. Around Strokkur are also bubbling mud pools, steaming vents, 
and the smell of sulfur in the air. So if you're not used to that, which most people are not, especially um, I, I mean, I am now because I've been living in Iceland for so long, but it can be a little jarring when you first smell it. However, it's, it's worth it. It's not going to hurt you at all. Don't worry. And, and it just adds to the experience, if you will. So as I mentioned, the area is named Geysir. And the reason why is because there's another hot spring that used to shoot up even more amounts of water in the air and pretty high named Geysir. However, that one is now dormant. So it's happened. I've heard that if there have been earthquakes strong enough, which don't really happen that much in this area, but if it does happen, that Geysir might shoot up some water. But it's Strokkur, which is the reliable one that you will see if you decide to visit. As a fun fact, the English word geyser is derived from the word geysir in Icelandic, which, like I mentioned, is the name of the older hot spring that is dormant now. Okay, the final main stop before we get into the extras that will really pump up the experience is Gutfoss Waterfall or the Golden Waterfall, Golden Falls. This is definitely one of my favorite parts of the Golden Circle, and that's because this waterfall is so beautiful. And it's a two-tiered waterfall that thunders down into this deep canyon, often creating a mist that, especially during the summertime, but for sure in the winter too, creates beautiful rainbows that just add to the beauty of it. And the power of Gutfoss is mesmerizing. Like from far enough away, you're already hearing it. But the closer that you get, you definitely are able to feel it. And during the summertime, there's a trail that runs alongside Gutfoss Waterfall where you can get so close that you're, the rumbling under your feet is just incredibly powerful. I've stood there at times and just allowed myself to feel that power when I had my eyes closed. And it was amazing. Another time, you know, being there when it is incredibly icy, when that trail was open, because a lot of times in the winter they don't have it open. But if they do, then you can see the half frozen waterfall and how beautiful that looks. But either way, regardless of that trail is open or not, uh, you can still see the waterfall from different angles. And that's a, a photo tip that I have for you is going to the top and to the bottom down the stairs in order to get different views of the waterfall because they're worth it. All right, so let's get into the additional stops. And I have them labeled as natural attractions, geothermal pools you can bathe in, and fun food places. Now, I'm not sharing every absolute possible stop you can make in the along the Golden Circle. But these are ones that in my book have been worth it. And I'm also not saying that you need to do all of these additional stops. I think it's helpful to feature them. And then from your interest or if something just really appeals to you, feel free to pick and choose. You could do all of these for sure, but it's not necessary to get a great experience. And also this is a day trip. Um, but I will say, if you want to add a lot of things in, you could stay over the night in the area or somewhere close to the area if you don't want to go all the way back to Reykjavik at the end of the day. But it's very much, like I said, easily accessible from Reykjavik and back. So pick and choose what works best for you. All right, on to the natural attractions. Brua Foss Waterfall. So this is 
a hidden gym, sort of. And I only say that because it's becoming more popular. Granted, I've also talked about it, so I'm part of drawing more attention to this place. But it's a brilliant blue waterfall, and it has this fairy tale like surroundings. It's great because now the parking lot has changed. It's so much closer to the waterfall itself. It only takes about a five minute walk to the waterfall. It used to take 1.5 hours one way, which was not convenient for most people. And also it was going through private land and it was just causing issues. So moving the parking lot closer now has made it more accessible for people who are visiting a nice, easy stop and pretty fun, in my opinion. Kareth Crater. And this one is very different to Bruderfoss. See how Bruderfoss was, first of all, waterfall and, and blue. But Kareth Crater has striking red volcanic rock and a deep blue-greenish lake at the bottom. And so it's a bit of a geological wonder. The crater is believed to be around 3,000 years old. And the contrast of the colors is stunning. It's so good to go there, especially if the day is sort of cloudy where you can get all the colors. Because sometimes with too much sunlight in Iceland, which is a weird thing to say because it's not like that ever really happens. But sometimes with too much sunlight, it can it can cause the colors to not pop as much. Whereas with a little bit of overcast, you really see like the deep red and the green, the blue There are some talk about, you know, the when you go down to the bluish green lake, that the acoustics there are good. And while I am not a professional singer by any means, I have had fun making noises around this lake area just to, you know, hear the acoustics. And I've heard a story about how Björk, the legendary Icelandic artist, had a concert in a boat in this little lake or, you know, body of water that is in the bottom of this crater. Some geothermal pools to bathe in are the Fontana Spa and Geothermal Bakery. So Fontana Spa is is lovely, in my opinion, and it has a unique tradition as well connected to it, where they're baking rye bread in the ground. So just going into the spa, so it's in Lorgavat, and it's a place where you can unwind soak in some warm water, and also dip into the lake. They have it there where you can do that. You can either go off of the little boardwalk area or walk in. So it's quite cool. And there's like several different pools that you can get into. And of course, like I mentioned, after that, um, you can go and get some bread that was literally baked in the ground the way it used to be in Iceland many, many years ago before people were using modern equipment And it's just a fun thing to see. Usually they have tours, so you can book a tour in order to see that and then get rye bread along with what I believe is some Icelandic smur, so it's butter, and a piece of salmon. Trunaloig is more off the beaten path in that it's not just like immediately within the Golden Circle area. But it offers a more private and rustic hot spring experience. The pools are smaller, to be fair. But uh, because of that, you do feel like you're getting the more authentic Icelandic geothermal pool experience. The owners of this pools of the pools now regulate how many people can enter and for how long. So it used to be that you could just go there and there was like a donation box for a thousand ISK. And sometimes people were paying it, sometimes they weren't. But now they actually are keeping track of like every person gets an hour and a half of time in the pools. 
and you pay like a certain amount. I'll have the link to the website, of course, in the description of this podcast episode on allthingsdyson.com. You can check that out. And everything I've mentioned, actually, there will be links to all of those in the description of this podcast episode. So feel free to check that out. I do think it's helpful to note, though, that there are no showers here. And the change of facility is just basically an old turf house. So like I mentioned, truly an authentic <laughs> geothermal bathing experience. And then there's also the secret lagoon. So it's a must visit if you want to do some pool and the other two were not available to you or you wanted just to check this one out. It's in Fluted. It is no longer a secret, though, so the name doesn't really apply. And it sometimes can be uh, less crowded, but over the years, because it's become more well-known, there are a decent amount of people that show up there, including buses. Just keep that in mind, too. And like other places along the Golden Circle, people are visiting it throughout the year, but summertime is when it's, there's really a lot more individuals who go there. Some fun food places along the Golden Circle that are worth it. Number one. My top one that I always recommend to people, especially when I'm on video consultations for trip planning with individuals that I do, that's like an hour long. Whenever I talk about the Golden Circle and people express interest, I'm like, you have to go, if you can, to Fridheimar Tomato Greenhouse and Restaurant. So it's an innovative greenhouse and cultivation center. And there you can learn about the magic of growing delicious tomatoes using geothermal heat. And just the process in general, uh, the on-site restaurant is delicious. And if you're not allergic to tomatoes, that'll be great because there's tomatoes in every dish at this restaurant. They even have like a tomato coffee. It's like a tomato syrup or something they put in the coffee. I don't know if you have to have it. I'm just saying that's a thing. As well as like alcoholic and non-alcoholic drinks that uh, have tomato in them. Really yummy. Tomato pizza, tomato soup, of course just to name a few things. It smells amazing in there. It's warm, kind of like the Mediterranean. The food's delicious. You're sitting amongst tomato plants, like vines that are just growing all over. So when you walk in, it's just like you're a feast for your eyes as well as delicious food for your belly. And you might even notice that there's some bumblebees flying around, pollinating things. It's They're growing flowers sometimes throughout the year. It's a very cool experience. The one thing that is very helpful to know is that making a reservation is a must because this place books up. It's similar to the Blue Lagoon, if you have to do it in advance or you just miss your chance, there sometimes if you show up and you don't have a reservation, they'll let you eat at the counter, I believe, but do not count on that because it could be full. So I just highly recommend months in advance when you know that you're going to come and you're going to go to the Golden Circle. Book your spot. It's worth it. For another unique dining experience, there's also Menelik Ethiopian Restaurant, which offers a taste of Ethiopia in the countryside of Iceland. I'm sure many people would have never assumed that was going to be a thing, but it is, and it's really fun. And it's a great way to add some just culinary diversity to your trip. I've eaten there. It was delicious. And it's fun that the owners, they're mixed. So it's Ethiopian woman and her Icelandic husband. She's the one cooking the food and he is the host that seats everyone as well as takes their orders. 90% of the restaurant is decorated with items from Ethiopia. So it's also just fascinating to walk around the restaurant and see these different items. They have coffee ceremonies that are available to people who want to book that. I wasn't a part of that when I went, so I'm not uh, familiar with the ceremony, but I heard 
It's really beautiful for my friends who have done it. So it's something worth checking out, especially if you're going to stay in the area because they serve dinner. So in the summertime, of course, you have tons of daylight. Not that you can't do it in the wintertime either, but, you know, sometimes driving at night is not always people's favorite thing. And I know for me, depending on how bright the headlights can be of individuals, I prefer to not do like a ton of driving in pitch black out in the countryside. But in summer, I definitely like taking trips out there. I'm going to be doing things around this area to then go and enjoy some Ethiopian food. Some practical tips that I have for you regarding the Golden Circle is that in the summer, obviously, like as I just mentioned, there's more daylight hours and milder weather. So even though you can visit the Golden Circle year round, if you're looking for the possibility of just having much better weather, summer months are definitely ones you should focus on. So that's June, July, August, of course, like mid to mid-May to end of May, and then September as well can be a really lovely month in terms of just milder weather. It doesn't mean that we can't have storms like windstorms, but we don't have snowstorms. So that's helpful. And usually, like I said, it's milder. Still can be quite rainy, just depending on how the weather decides to be. But in Iceland, we're used to having different seasons happen throughout the day. So just be prepared for that with your clothing. Of course, renting a car will give you flexibility to explore your own pace. There are guided tours that are available. However, as I mentioned earlier on in this episode, this is a very easy route to drive any time of year and can be done as a day trip. And like I mentioned, if you want to stay overnight, that's totally doable too. But depending on how much you know daylight that you have, that will, of course, dictate how much you can see. But winter, summer, any time of the year, this can still be a day trip. So I then recommend renting a car. Plus, in the wintertime, the rental car companies put set of tires on the cars anyway. So if you do plan to rent a car, I highly recommend using Go Car Rental Iceland. They are a local Icelandic car rental company that has great customer service, a large variety of cars, and very competitive prices. You can use my code ICELAND10 to save 10% off your entire cost of your rental car. I personally use them when I go on adventures, and I'm so glad to hear that many of my listeners and subscribers are also having great experiences with them. And plus, with my code, you can save a good chunk of change on your rental car. So make sure to use that when you book so you can get the best deal possible. If Go Car Rental Iceland is running a deal that's, say, more percentage off than what my code normally has, let's just say they have 15%, which sometimes they run as like a day thing or a weekend thing, if you use my code, you will still get. They will match it. They will still give you 15% off. And I get a tiny commission from that. So it goes along with supporting all things Iceland if you'd like to do that. And if you plan to use a camper van, you can, of course, use my code Iceland7 to save 7% and get two free duvets with Go Campers, which is a sister company of Go Car Rent Iceland. And I've used their vans over the summer and had tons of fun. And I'll have, and as I've been putting together different episodes regarding camper vans, I'm also thinking about creating one that about regarding how to choose the best camper van for you for your travels. So keep an eye out for that. No matter what time of year in Iceland, you always need to make sure that you dress appropriately because the weather's always changing. So dressing in layers is key. Having good walking shoes or hiking shoes are essential, especially if you plan to explore beyond the main sites having snacks, water, just things to 
to keep you hydrated and happy in between the places where maybe you go to restaurants. Being a reusable water bottle is also great too. In the summertime, having some sunscreen and in summer or winter, having sunglasses because the winter sun can be blinding and it only goes up to a certain point in the sky before it goes back down. And it's usually the most inconvenient place to be where the sun stops in the wintertime for it to shine in your eyes. Just FYI, I was I was actually experiencing this today when I was driving and I was just like, this is incredible how blinding the sun can be, which can be off-putting because even when you have your visor down, it just is not enough. And having sunglasses is added protection and ability to see better. If you're not sure what to pack for winter or summer, you can grab my free packing checklist for Iceland and it provides the essentials and some extras for both winter and summer. They've been separated out. Definitely allocate enough time. So there's a website that I will link in the description of this episode. So you can see what the daylight hours are depending on when you're planning to come. Because like I mentioned, that changes quite drastically from winter to summer. Four hours or around four hours, the shortest amount of daylight that we have in wintertime and then 24-hour brightness in summer. So you don't have to worry about it as much as allocating time in the summer, but once you're hitting winter months or when our hours are just changing, it's good to keep that in your head so you can see the natural sights that don't have lighting when you go out there at night. If you want to avoid the crowds, my suggestion for you is to begin your journey very early in the morning, especially if it's summertime when you have that daylight And sometimes you can have places all to yourself, which is amazing. And while I know the majority of you are extremely respectful and are aware of this already, I just want to say that it's super helpful for everyone here if we always respect the natural environment, stay on marked paths, and take whatever trash that you brought with you back with you. So basically leave no trace and avoid disturbing any wildlife. Not a ton of wildlife in most of these areas, mostly birds, but still, you know, it's something just to keep in mind because especially when it comes to taking whatever you have with you, because there are a lot more tourists visiting Iceland, which means that people might end up littering. And it's really sad to see the natural wonders being trashed. And it's really sad to see the natural wonders possibly having trash blowing around them. And while the Golden Circle offers a fantastic snapshot of what Iceland has to offer, the country has so much more to explore from the south, east, northwest, highlands, west fjords, Snæfellsnes Peninsula, so many places. And there's black sand beaches, stunning fjords. It's just amazing. I love traveling all around Iceland. So don't hesitate to extend your adventure beyond the Golden Circle. And if you want some trip planning resources. I have them on my website, allthingsiceland.com. And I've received many amazing emails from my listeners, the podcast and followers on social media. They ask me for advice on what to do, how to plan their trip. So do the high demand for that information. I created those resources in the trip planning help. That's part of my navigation. It's a tab. Just click it. And it has things like booking a one-on-one consultation with me, like I'd mentioned where I have a call with you and on Google Meet, we talk on video for an hour and go over how many days you're planning to stay, potential things you can do, and lots of other goodies, including hidden gems. And this is very much tailored to your experience. So there's a survey that you fill out beforehand in order to give me an idea of what 
works best for you, even allergies. So we can talk about if there's certain foods that you can't eat and places where you might be able to then get foods for yourself. I've done over 100 of these calls since I first announced them. And I always feel delighted when I hear at the end of the call that people feel more excited about their upcoming trip because of the consultation. Another great resource is to grab full access to my Iceland map. This map was created for those who want to pick out places and hidden gyms around the around Iceland to make up their own itinerary or add it to one they've already created. With full access, you get over 260 places that I recommend in Iceland, along with four pre-made itineraries for planning your trip. These itineraries include a 10-day ring road trip, a three-day South Iceland trip, the famous Golden Circle, so what you're hearing about here, and a Reykjanes Peninsula day trip. That one-time purchase of whether the full access to my map or just the map itself gives you lifetime access and includes any updates I make to the map in the future, which I'm always making updates because believe it or not, there are always things popping up in Iceland. There's new things, new restaurants, new attractions. So when I'm experiencing them or after I experience them, I add them to my map. So the link to that is rexby, R-E-X-B-Y dot C-O-M dot com forward slash jewels, J-E-W-E-L-L-S forward slash Iceland. Just remember, the Golden Circle is just the beginning of your epic adventure in Iceland, and it is worth it. I know that because it's really popular, people think, ah, I don't want to go, but believe me, it's good to not only just check it off your box, but be able to experience it and the extras that come along with it that make it even more fun. But don't be afraid to venture beyond the beaten path, discover what other secrets this incredible place has to offer. For the random fact of the episode, there's a pool that's called a drowning pool in Thingvetlir National Park. So the Icelandic word for it is Drekingarhilur, or literally drowning pool. And it's a deep pool near the bridge in the Almanagau. So the Almanagau is the narrow valley when you're coming from the main parking lot or even other parts of the park. And you walk through the Rift Valley and this, you'll pass by this pool. You might not even realize that you are when you go by, meaning like it's the drowning pool. But it was a place where people were executed. So up until the early 18th century, women in Iceland who were found guilty of crimes such as adultery, incest, and murdering infants were tied to sacks and drowned there. Yeah, pretty intense. So the Icelandic word of the episode is gutni hringurin, or the golden circle. And I'll say that one more time, a little slower. As always, thank you so much for listening. I hope that this helped you a bit with planning your golden circle adventure.